Amen. Greetings once again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to all of you, all of you soldiers who are here for training. And we also welcome our viewers and our listeners online. Join us as we learn from the Lord as he trains us for victory. We are more than conquerors here on the earth and we need to be well equipped, well trained to be like our father who is victorious. And his nature is in us and that's why we are victorious. Amen. So we are going to continue with what we started last week talking about the healing and saying that God is committed to healing us. Just to remind you that the things that are happening around us and how you see people suffering from illness, sickness, and how sometimes we become hopeless because of the situation and the disease that maybe we encounter. I just want to remind you that the Father already has a solution for that. So in other words, our sins were already forgiven when Jesus died on the cross and our sickness and diseases were already healed on the cross. That's why in 1 Peter 2.24 it says, by whose stripes you were healed. So it's not as if we are trying to get healed. We are already healed. Amen. So we just need to know how to walk in health as the Father has promised us divine health. And also we learned last week that God is our healer. He's our manufacturer and he's our healer. So he created us and he knows how to heal us. Amen. And with God, there is no disease that is incurable. We as human beings, we can get stuck and say this is incurable. There is no solution for this. But we are saying that just because we are human beings. As far as God is concerned, nothing is impossible with him. Amen. And if he could create our bodies, he also knows how to heal our bodies. Today I want us to start from Psalms 103, verse 2 to 3. Just being reminded about the Lord as our healer. Psalms 103, verse 2 to 3, New King James Version reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I want us just to look first here. The psalmist says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It means sometimes as human beings, we can forget the benefits that we have as children of God. The fact that you are alive today, it's a blessing. The fact that you can walk, it's a blessing. Sometimes you think, hey, I don't have a car, I'm really struggling, I don't have this. At least you can walk. So as you are trusting God for a car, thank God that you can walk. There are people who cannot walk, okay? And for them, they are not even thinking about the car that you are thinking about. They are saying, if I could just walk on my own and not have to be carried around, so you see now, if you don't count the blessings, the benefits that God has bestowed upon you, you will end up missing it. So here David reminds himself to say, bless the Lord, all my soul, and don't forget 
the good things that the Lord is doing for you. Then he starts listing. He says, who forgives all your iniquities? So for all the children of God, we know that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our sins are forgiven. There is no question about that. We don't say he forgives our iniquities if it's his will. Isn't it? We say, because Jesus died for us on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our transgressions. So therefore, we can approach God knowing that through the blood of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. But when Jesus was on the cross paying the penalty for our sins, he also paid the punishment for our pains and sickness. That's why then after he says he forgives all your iniquities, he also says who heals all your diseases. Okay? Now, I just want to ask you a question. What does the word all mean to some of you? Or to all of you? All means all, isn't it? Does it include incurable diseases? Yes. Does it include what you thought is not possible to heal? Yes. Because it says he heals all your diseases. Like I told you last week, the only reason why we have definitions of incurable disease and all that, it's men trying to make sense of those sicknesses that they can't handle. But with God, there is no incurable disease. So it says he heals all your diseases. Now, today I want us to zoom in a bit about understanding how God heals. Okay? Understanding how God heals. So if he's committed to heal us, last week we showed you that he's our healer and we need to trust him for healing. So I'll start again where you people understand. I'll start with you what, with what you know. Okay? We usually understand medical science very well. So I will use that. And in the African context, you also understand Inyangas and Sangomas. So I will also tell you about that. And then, we need to say, if this is how things work in these spheres, we need to understand how those things work. And then we can also, if we also say God is a healer, we also need to understand how he also heals. I want you to get this clear. Okay? So, I will start with you in Africa. So that at least we sort that one out and we tell you, anybody who uses a, uh, who is a spiritist to heal is an abomination to the Lord. Okay? We should start there. We shouldn't try to say it's our culture or anything. Actually, God doesn't want us to have any other spirit controlling us except the Holy Spirit. Okay? So it means as a Christian, you cannot go to Inyangas or Sangomas to get healed. No matter how much they try to convince you that we are also using God. I do not know what spirit, so I'm not sure if they are using the Holy Spirit. Okay? So you definitely know they are not using the Holy Spirit, isn't it? So if it's spiritual and it's not the Holy Spirit, there are only two forces. Okay? Anything that is spiritual could either be for the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. Now, 
in the spiritual world, there's only those two forces. So obviously, if it's not of the spirit of the Lord, then it's of the spirit of the enemy. I'm talking about if it's in the spiritual realm. So that's why then, for you as Christians, you don't have an option of going to Inyangas or Sangoma. So let's put that one aside. Okay? But you see how they do it also. <coughs> people also understand how those people who go to Anyangas and Sangomas, they also understand how they heal. They understand that they don't work like the surgeons. They don't do operations. Because that's the way they work the way they work. They contact the spirits and all that. That's how they work. But for you as a Christian, it's a no-go zone. But let's come to medical science, which it's not a spiritual thing. Okay? Medical science is not a spiritual thing. It's knowledge. Just like somebody studies to be a teacher. Okay? You can study to be a teacher. You can study to be a doctor. You can study to be a scientist. That's knowledge that you learn and it helps people. Okay? I want us to get that clear. It's not a spiritual thing. Medical science, it's science. Okay? And because it's not a spiritual thing, you are not contending with the spirit of the Lord if you use medical science. Because there's nothing that says then you can't use medical science. Just like teachers teach us, some of you can have doctors to heal you and all that, that's fine. But that's natural means. We understand that. So let's start there. I want you to understand. So even in the medical science, do you know that doctors have got different uh, specialties? If you go to a GP, <coughs> he's a general practitioner. He knows a bit of everything. But then you can have a specialist physician who heals through medicine. You get that? But do you know that a surgeon heals through how does a surgeon heal? A surgery. <clears throat> Can you see the difference? I'm taking you from the natural so that you must also understand how God heals. Okay? So the physician gives you medication and you get healed. The surgeon performs an operation and you get healed. How does a psychologist heal? So they talk to your mind and then emotionally you get healed. Okay? Now, if the psychologist heals this way and now there is a sickness that needs operation, does the psychologist heal that one? <laughs> because it, that one won't work with psychology. Okay? So then the psychologist would refer you to a surgeon. Okay? If there is a case that maybe the surgeon realizes this one needs medicine or maybe this one is a heart condition that need maybe it's a cardiologist, the heart specialist, then they refer you to the heart specialist. Okay? And each one of them, they have a way they heal. I want you to get that. You understand that, isn't it? So it means you would then say for this I go to this doctor, for this I go to this doctor, for this I go to this doctor. And that's how we understand it. But the verse that we read in Psalms 103, verse 3, 
It says God heals. I want you to get this. God heals all your diseases. But there is no specialist who heals all diseases. Not even in their fields. Amen. 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 So we need to understand that. Okay? Now, if we say God is a healer, we also need to understand how he also heals, which may be different from how a surgeon heals, from how a psychologist heals, from how a physician heals. Okay? So today we're going to dwell on that. So, the commonest, there are common methods, many common methods that God uses to heal. But let's start with Psalms 107 verse 20. So now I've sorted the other ones, isn't it? We understand how the other healers heal. Now if we go say God is a healer, we also want to know how he heals. Psalms 107 verse 20, New King James Version. It says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So one of the ways that the Lord heals is through his word. I want you to get this. He sent his word and healed them. So one of the ways in which the Lord Jehovah heals is through his word. Okay? So if he sends his word and heals them. Some of you will say, but how can I be healed just by the word? Okay? You mean I just take the word of God, I confess it, I keep on standing on the word, but the sickness is real, pastor. How can just this word that you're telling me about, how does it heal? Okay? So let me go back to the earlier examples I gave you. One of the healers that we talked about, we said is a physician, isn't it? Or somebody who heals through medical science, who gives you medicine. Okay? Do you understand how that works? Because let's say you've got a pain in the toe. And then he gives you a tablet through your mouth. Does it make sense how that tablet heals the toe? I mean, does it make common sense? But he just tells you, if it works that way, it's fine. You don't say, but doc, uh, I didn't say the pain is in my mouth. I said the swelling is in my toe. No, you just believe if he says it will work, he knows how it works. Okay? And sometimes he would give you an injection. At the place that I won't mention now. Okay? <laughs> and you still don't argue. I doc, this is not the place. <laughs> Isn't it? You just believe if he says that's how it will work, that's how it will work. As long as I get healed after this. And by the way, you even feel that injection is very painful. But you endure the pain. Because he told you, if I don't give you pain, you won't get healed. Okay? Now, you don't question that. Because you have seen that it works. Amen. 
So also with the Lord, taste and see that he is good. Those of us who have tasted to be healed by standing on the word, we know it works. Amen? It doesn't have to make sense to my mind how it works, especially when it is from God himself. Amen. I want us to understand that because your mind keeps on questioning you, but it doesn't make sense. How does just confessing the word, this is serious, man. We are talking about pain here. But why doesn't your mind ask you when is that tablet that you are given? Because your mind knows, okay, in the past I was given the tablet and it works. I didn't even understand. I didn't even have to direct it. Isn't it? You just swallow it and it knows the direction. (laughs) And it knows how to get where it is needed. And you are not concerned about how it will get there. Isn't it? So similarly, if the Lord says, the word says he sent his word and healed us. If he heals us through the word, yes, I accept that he heals me through the word. It means when I know the word about healing and I speak it for myself, I see myself healed, I start talking by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. Okay? And you say, but how does it work? You just speak that, Pastor. Be realistic. That's how Jesus solved his problems, by speaking. He came to a fig tree and he just said to the fig tree, no one eat fruit from you hereafter forever. He didn't have to chop the fig tree. He spoke words and the fig tree dried up from the roots. So it means even you, you can speak words and sickness can dry up from the roots. Cancer cells can dry up from the roots. You speak the word just like the master spoke. Okay? And actually Peter the next day when he now with his own natural eyes saw that the fig tree dried up. He now calls the master's attention and says, Master, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus does not dwell there because as far as Jesus was concerned, it had already withered the time he spoke. So Jesus now, instead of talking about the fig tree, he says, have faith in God. So in other words, the fig tree chapter is closed. Now it's showing you how these things work. Have faith in God. Assuredly I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. It works. Jesus did it. It worked for him. So let's be imitators of the Lord. I have done it. It's working for me. So I don't have to question how that word will heal me. I speak what God has spoken. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. And I've told some of you, I speak the word of healing every day on my life. I don't wait to be sick to speak healing. Amen. So it says he sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. It 
It means the Lord has already brought the answer, the solution for any distraction that we may be facing. And that's through the word. Let's go to Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Just to stress this issue of the word. Of being healed through the word. Now we are going to use the Jubilee translation. Because it puts it even in the context that some of you understand. It uses the word medicine. I was sharing with you about medicine not so long, isn't it? Now look at this. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. I think we've sent you notes. You've got notes. Those of you who have registered for Bible study, those verses, some of them, they are there in your notes. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, Jubilee translation. It says, my son, attend to my ways. Or pay attention. Okay? For now, I will use the word attend. That's why you guys are attending now this session. Okay? You are attending. Just like we say attend lectures. Then you are attending to the word of God. Attend to it. Make time for it. Okay? And pay attention to it. Incline thine ear unto my ways. Let them not depart from thine eyes. So it means we listen to the word. We look at the word. So when he says let them not depart from your eyes. It clarifies what word he was talking about here. It means he's talking about a written word. Because a spoken word it can't be in your eyes. Isn't it? He says let them not depart from your eyes. So it means I've got to look at it. Even if there are times when I speak the word. I speak the word. I confess the word for myself. But there are also times when I want to see it. I want it not to depart from my eyes. So that's why you've got to spend time studying the word of God. Just like you study your books to pass. You need to study the word of God to pass the tests of life. Can I repeat that? Just like you study your books to pass the tests. You need to study the word of God to pass the tests of life. And like I said to you last week, the enemy doesn't mind whether you are trained or not. He will still come and attack you. So you do yourself a favor by being well trained and equipped in the word. So when he says, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying. So we are in training. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So if you can keep them in your heart, you are keeping it in your heart by attending, listening to the word, and then faith cometh by hearing. As you listen to the word, faith comes. So that word, I told you about medicine, you don't even know how it gets whatever and all that. You just know it works. So similarly, when I hear the word, it will find its way to my heart. When I study the word and look at the word, when it's not departing from my eyes, it will find its way to my heart. And it says, keep them in the midst of your heart. And when it's in my heart, it will find its way through my mouth back into my circumstances. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can't just say, my Christianity is my private matter with the Lord. You speak. 
We have the same spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we speak. It works that way. Jesus says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So it's you who must say it. Speak it for yourself. The pastor can guide you and help you and pray for you, but you also need to speak it so that you can have whatsoever you say. So that will make you careful next time not to keep on speaking your sickness. Because if it says you will have whatsoever you say, shouldn't that make you more careful about what you say? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And it says you must be satisfied with the consequences of your ways. So therefore, I need to speak <clears throat> the word of God. I, even if my body is not where the word of God is saying already. Let's say for example, in your body you are still feeling sick. You are still feeling pain. That's feeling. What does the word of God say? By the stripes of the Lord Jesus I am healed. So what am I going to speak? By the, word of, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I am healed. That's the word. And that's how it works. No, but pastor, if I'm sick, I'm sick. Okay? So can I tell you, that's how not to get healed. If we say he shall have whatsoever he saith, and now you keep on saying that sickness, then it's fine, you shall have whatsoever you say. So if I want to change my situation, I must speak what I want to see. I must start speaking what God has promised. And know that the one who has promised is able also to perform it. Even if my body is not yet aligned to what the word of God has said. How many of you know that the word of God does not change? God himself does not change. His word does not change. It means it is my circumstances that must change. And align with the word. Because the word will not change. We get that. So it says, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying. And then, for they are life unto those that find them. And, and medicine to all their flesh. That's the Jubilee translation. Okay? So it means I can use the word of God like I use medicine. Okay? So if you say the Lord is my healer, he heals through his word. So it means when I want him to heal me, I use his word like I use medicine. The only thing is that if you are using the natural medicine, if you have a condition and you feel that, let's say you've got pain, and the doctor gave you Panado for pain, and he said take two tablets when you feel pain, or two, three times a day, or two, four times a day. Now, how many of you know that if the pain is too severe, it doesn't work to take 30 tablets at once? You will die. You will be poisoned by that panado. Okay? But how many of you know that you can never have an overdose of the word? Amen. 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 So it means 
if the situation is getting, if my body is keeping on saying the pain is too severe, I will even go more for the word. I'm going to soak myself into this word until the word becomes me. Until my body becomes that word. Amen. That's what you will have to do. And fortunately, there is no overdose. That's why we don't say, take the word of God three times a day. No. You decide however many times you want. Sometimes you can take every moment of it and you say, I want to lay everything aside. Okay? I just want to spend time in his presence, in prayer and in studying the word, and I want to keep everything at bay. And you will never get an overdose of the word. Amen? You will just get more better and more healed. Amen. That's how the word works. But then the other way that the word works, it also works as we, the way the word works, it works in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the Holy Spirit brings to fruition. So you speak something and then the Holy Spirit gives it a form. You remember when Jesus was to be conceived, it says the power of the highest will overshadow you. The spirit of the Lord will come on you and overshadow you. And then that which will be born will be called a child, a son of God. Because the spirit will come and overshadow you. Okay? Now, if you look in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. It says in the beginning God, Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of the Lord hovered upon the face of the deep. Or the spirit of the Lord brooded. Some of you in Africa, you understand the term brood. You know what the hen does when, when it has eggs. After it lays its eggs, it will come and brood over them. And then when 21 days later, you will start hearing there is life. You will start hearing because that hen was brooding over that. But if you take that egg on day one after it has been laid and you break it, it will be a mixture of things. No form, no comeliness. But it just needs to be brooded upon. And then you will see the potential that it has. So as the Holy Spirit is brooding over your situation, he is waiting for you to speak a word. And then he will bring that word to pass. Amen. Just like when now God, when it was dark in the beginning, when it was dark, God did not say, I've got to be realistic. It's too dark. I've got to be realistic. It's just too dark. Did God say that? Uh-uh. Even when it was dark, what did God say? Let there be light. And then there was light. So similarly, even when your body is still feeling pain and is sick, I'm not going to keep on, 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 on confirming that. I want to say, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I am healed. Let there be healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Then I'm imitating my father. I'm imitating God. As a beloved child. Look at Isaiah 59 verse 21. New King James Version. Isaiah 59 21. New King James Version. It says. As for me. Says the Lord. 
This is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth. Did you get that? The spirit is upon you. We said the spirit is hovering. Amen. Hovering, brooding, ready to bring to pass everything I will say in line with the word. You get that? So the spirit is upon me. I could even say the spirit of the Lord is hovering over me. It's brooding over me. And then he says, but I've also given you my words in your mouth. And that word shall not depart from your mouth. So how do I make sure that the word doesn't depart from my mouth? I keep on speaking it. Because now when you are no longer speaking the word and you are speaking situations. Some of you, you know Corona more than you know the word of God. Some of you, you know cancer more than you know the word of God. Some of you, you know all those diseases. And you know what some of you even do? Even, you even go and search and on Google. I just want to understand. You see, I, it seems they say if the heart, you see there is a pain called angina. I just want to understand, you know, uh, when I Googled, <laughs> you will Google and you still find this angina and they explain that to you. But that's not, you are not Googling the word. So it means if you need the healing that way, then get a physician. Amen. If you want to be healed the word way, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in your heart and speak it. So it says, my spirit is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants. So we must also teach our children. You know our little ones, when they are still young, they get whatever they need through your faith as a parent. But you've got to start training them because when they grow, they will come to a certain age where they will have to take personal responsibility. Where the faith of mommy or daddy will no longer work for them. They will have to be accountable on their own. Okay? So we train them. And it says, no, from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. I like this part of it going to my to other descendants and descendants, descendants. Some of you might find you are the first generation of faith in your lineage. Like some of us, our parents didn't know the Lord. So we are like the first generation of Christians in our lineage. But let's train our children and let our children train our children's children and let it be perpetuated as our legacy. Okay? You remember when uh, Paul said to Timothy, when I look at you, I'm reminded of the faith that was in your grandmother Louise and in your mother Eunice. And I know that faith is in you also. Amen. So can it be that some of us we become those grandmother Louises in our generations so that three generations down the line they will refer back to you and say hey that old lady she had faith man. I, 
I wish you had lived during her time. Yo, what we are teaching you now, the old lady. Now some of the old ladies, you know them for other things, you don't know them for this. So can't you change that? Huh? Even when they say that, that timer, that old, that old man. Huh? Can they refer to you and speak and put the word next to you? And say you couldn't separate that old man from the word. Hmm? I want that. I want that legacy. That's the legacy I want to leave. That even generations to come, they need to say, hey, we owe it to the old man. Amen. And then the Mukosi family is blessed because I took heed to the word of the Lord and I passed that to the next generation. The next generation must pass it to the other generation and it should keep on passing like that. So that's why as parents we should be very careful that we don't pass cases down the generations. Okay? Because indeed it might be that your parents came with this curse and they are living in the cases of their grandparents. But you accept the Lord and then that curse is broken because now you are a child of God. You are born again. So in other words, whatever was following the curses, the curses that were following you, now when you are born again, you know what follows you. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 1 and 2. Can somebody read that one? I want to show you what follows Christians. Because there are some of you who are Christians who say, hey pastor, I want you to break the generational cases. How, how do those generational cases follow you when now you are born again? Hmm? The fact that I'm born again, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away, including generational cases. And all things have become new. I am a child of God. I am born again. Do you get that? Now look at what follows a Christian, not cases. Verse 20, Deuteronomy 28. The last time I saw it, it was in Deuteronomy 28. Verse 1 and 2, and I believe it remains there. By the way, that's the good thing with the word of God. If you ever saw it, it remains there. Okay. It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. That's how you break what you call generational curses. You don't need me to pray for you. You just become a child of God. You have escaped. You get that? Believe that. It says these blessings, if you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Now that I'm a child of God, I'm under the kingdom of God. Amen. So you understand that? I want you to understand that. So your power is in your mouth and in your heart. 
That's what Paul says in Romans 10 from verse 6 going down verse 8. He says, the word of faith which we preach, don't say <coughs> where we shall go into the mountains, we shall go over the seas, we shall go to the to high to the skies, to the heavens to get the word for us. It says the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. So if it's in my mouth and in my heart, <coughs> it means as I keep on listening to the word, as I keep on speaking the word, as I keep on reading and studying the word, it gets into my heart. When it's in my heart, I speak it and results come. Even if it's about healing. Okay. Let's look at another way that God heals. So let's talk about healing by being prayed for or laying hands. Okay? So it means you could get healed the first way. And that's fine. You are healed. You could also be healed this way. Mark 16, 17 and 18. <coughs> New King James Version. <coughs> and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. <laughs> what does this one refer to? It refers to poison. Hmm. Means if, if you were not there and you didn't know what they put, and now you are drinking, Okay? Yeah, you're drinking a drink. And you didn't know that that's not just a drink. There is poison, which is supposed to kill you. It says, if they drink anything deadly, what will happen? They will die. Huh? I want you to read in your Bible. Because you want to say, Pastor, we must be realistic. If I drink poison, I will die. I didn't say go and drink poison. I said, <coughs> I said, if you are drinking a drink and somebody has poured a poison in the drink, you were not drinking poison, you were drinking a drink, but you ended up drinking something deadly. Does it say you will die? It says it will by no means hurt you. It doesn't even talk about dying. It says not even to be hurt. So, so they will be looking at you instead of them saying, mm. Mm. they look at you. Ah. Hey, are you sure? Are you sure you? <laughs> this guy is still jumping. Everything is still well with him. What's happening? Are you sure? No, I'm really sure. I'm really sure. Maybe let's try it again next time. Let's try it again. Real. Maybe this time it should be you. Then the other one also tries it. Go again. Yeah. Ah, what's happening with this guy? You remember that's what happened with Paul. Paul, when they were at the, the island of Melita, when he, you remember the, that island of Melita after the, the shipwreck? When they went out, he was picking wood. And then a snake fastened on his hand, beat him and hanged on him. And what did he do? He threw it onto the fire. And the people looked at him to see 
if he will fall down dead. That's what your Bible says. You must read it in Acts. Oh, this is, oh. I mean, that's a venomous snake, man. That's venomous. We know this kind of snake. If it bites you, an hour later, you are dead. But now he's just continuing as if everything is fine. It will not hurt you. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So, and this one, the good thing with this one is that it doesn't even say pastors. It says these signs will follow them that believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? These signs can follow you. Amen. So, once you believe and you also see it working in your own life, you can also go and help others. Okay? James 5, 14 to 15, New King James Version, it says, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him and anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So, it means you can call for the elders of the church and you'll be prayed for. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. So, there are times when you can say, Pastor, pray for me. You come and we say, those who are sick, come to the fore, we'll lay hands on you and the Lord will heal you. But there are times sometimes when I will just speak the word and say you will be healed wherever you are. There are times sometimes when you yourself will take the word and speak it over yourself and get healed. I'm telling you about how Jehovah Rapha heals. If he is the Lord our healer, we need to understand also how he heals. Acts 5, 12-16 New King James Version. Acts 5, 12-16 New King James Version. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Through what? Through the hands of the apostles. So the Lord anointed them that through their hands signs and wonders could be performed. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest, the rest death joined them, but the people esteemed them highly. And the believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. You see when? When the glory of the Lord is back in the church, when people are starting to see that there is an answer in the lives of believers, they will start bringing the sick. Okay? Because they have a problem. They know some of these things, we can't handle them. So now that there is this solution, we are going to use this solution, we are going to take advantage of this solution. So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them. So they were seeing so many miracles that they realized even if Peter doesn't have to even lay his hand on them, even if it's just his shadow touching them, they will be healed. The other time it was the handkerchief taken from Paul being sent to people and they get healed. 
That's how the believers were walking in glory. Amen. So it means that is healing through a point of contact. Whether hands are laid on you, whether it's that handkerchief which was prayed for. Okay? And then, verse 16. And also multitudes gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And some of them were healed. I want you to look at it in your Bibles. Because some of you, some of you say, no, pastor, it's not always that we will get healed. You see, sometimes God is teaching us some lessons. Keep on learning your lessons through, <laughs> through sicknesses. I learn lessons through the word. I learn lessons when the Lord tells me something and gives me a warning, I obey. I don't want to learn through sicknesses. Okay? So they were all healed. Amen. And all means all. Okay. The other part that I like, as much as I like it when, when you are sick, you get healed. I like even more when you don't even get sick. I want you to get that and understand it. Okay? That's what we call divine health. I, I like working in divine health. And I already see the power of God there. I don't have to wait to first be diagnosed with an incurable disease and then now I get healed. Hey, God is powerful, man. You know, the doctor said this wasn't going to be cured. And now I'm cured. Even when you don't have the sickness, God is powerful. The fact that you are walking in divine health, God is already showing and demonstrating his power in you. Do you know that it's like people would say, if there was a horrific accident and then the car is beyond repair and now the Lord saved you and we can see you alive. Hey, you see, I really saw the hand of God. Yes, you indeed saw the hand of God because that car is beyond repair but your body is untouched. God protected you. But how many of you know that even if your, your car is not beyond repair, God is still protecting you. So it doesn't take your car to be beyond repair for you to see the power of God. The fact that your car is not even damaged is the power of God. Amen? Yeah, because sometimes we'll miss things and start thinking it's only seen as the power of God when the car is beyond repair. Then it means all of us must first have cars beyond repair before we can have a testimony. No. For me, the fact that my car is not beyond repair is already a testimony on its own. The fact that my body is well is a testimony on its own. So, even with healing, I don't have to be sick to see the power of God. I can see the power of God by not even getting sick. Actually, I prefer that one. If I was given a choice, do you want to first get a terrible sickness and suffer and people say, oh, this one is going to die and then I heal you? Or do you want to keep on just being in divine health all the time? I'll choose the one of being in divine health all the time. Amen. So that's why I also want to show you how to walk in divine health. Third John 2. NIV. Or we can do it any translation. Yeah, let me do it NIV and <coughs> King James. Third John verse 2. Mr. MJ, may you do it for us in the King James. I'll do it in NIV. Sometimes I want people to read, like I said, so that you don't always say, 
hey, these things are always there in the pastor's Bible. Hey, for some of us, hey, it's a problem. No, they are also in your Bible. You're just not studying your Bible. Amen. It's there in your Bible. So, and it's, hey, no, you see the pastor, hey, the scriptures just fall from heaven. And they just come through him. No. Study to show you thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. My son, attend to my words. Let them not depart from your eyes. Amen. So, Third John 2, do it first King James and I will do it NIV. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Okay. And be in health. It doesn't say and be healed. Did you get that? And be in health. You can walk in health. So this one now in the NIV it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So I like it when my body is in good health. And you know that when your body is in good health, you can do a lot of things. You can serve God well. Serve God well with your bodies. Okay? You know that when you are sick, there's not many things that you can do. Okay? Sometimes you can't even eat. Do you know that when you are sick, well sick, eating is even a mission. Hmm? You just look at food. But you are hungry. Okay? So that's why you must never nurse sickness. Okay? Don't entertain sickness in your life. Sickness is an enemy. Sickness is an enemy. It's meant to come and torment you. It's a, it's a terrible thing. That's why the woman with the issue of blood, after she was healed, it says, you are freed. Go and be free from your suffering. Your suffering is over. Amen. So, it means I can walk in divine health. 2 Corinthians 4, 10 to 11. It says in the King James Version, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus <clears throat> might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. I want you to understand this one. It says, the life of Jesus should be made manifest, should be manifested in my mortal flesh. So if there is any sickness in my body and the life of Jesus is flowing and flowing and flowing, then it comes here, there is cancer. What will happen to that cancer? The life of Jesus will deal with it. Amen. So allow the life of Jesus to move through your body, to flow through your body all the time, to be fully manifested in your body. Your body is mortal, but when that life is flowing through it, you will be renewed day by day. Amen. So, the life also of Jesus is manifested through our bodies. Actually, if you read Romans 8, 11, 
I'll do it in the voice and then I'll come back to this thing of the bodies. Romans 8, 11 says in the voice, if the spirit of the one who resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside you, how many of you have the spirit of the Lord living in you? I am. Okay? Now he says, if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead lives in you, then you can be sure that he who raised him will cast light of life into your mortal bodies through the life-giving power of the spirit residing in you. So it says, the life of Jesus can be made manifest in my body, but also the spirit of the Lord dwells in me. And that spirit it is the same spirit that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. And that power is in my body now. So when that power is in my body, sickness cannot abide. Sickness has to bow. Amen. Sickness has to melt. Mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Yes. Even what people call incurable disease, allow the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead to quicken your mortal bodies. To give life to your mortal bodies. Okay? And be healed. And walk in divine health. Let that spirit keep on flowing through your body. Okay? And by the way, when the power of God is flowing through our bodies, whatever the enemy throws on us, that power can deal with it. Amen? Whatever the enemy throws on us, the power of him who raised Christ from the dead will deal with it. Let me give you an example. Daniel chapter 3. You all know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We'll read verse 27 in the King James Version, KJV. Okay? But I want to tell you first the story. So, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were threatened by King Nebuchadnezzar to say, if you don't bow to my images, you will be thrown into the burning fiery furnace, and who is that God that will deliver you from my hands? So, they put a, he put a challenge to them. Then they answered, oh king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. If you decide to throw us, our God whom we serve will deliver us from your hands, O King. And he will deliver us. Our God is able and he will deliver us. If not, not if he doesn't deliver us. Because if you say if he doesn't deliver us, then Nebuchadnezzar will say, yeah, you can, you can throw your head down, I'll burn you. So you need to be sure that your God will deliver you. <coughs> so they said, if you throw us, our God whom we serve will deliver us. If not, so if not, it's saying, if you don't throw us, be it known unto you, O king, we are not bowing. So we are not bargaining with you. It's not as if, nah, guys, but can't you, I, I mean, I won't throw you, just, just bow. They say, eh, we, are not, we don't bargain with the enemy. You do what you want to do. If you throw us, our God whom we serve will deliver us, and he is able, and he will do it. If you don't throw us, you started this, you see how you finish it. We are not bowing. Then the Bible says Nebuchadnezzar was very furious. And he commanded that the furnace should be burned seven times. I didn't know that you can make the fire more hotter. Hmm? Some of you say, I thought fire, it's hot. As it is. 
I didn't know you can make it two times hotter, three times hotter, four times hotter, five times hotter, six times hotter, but he said seven times hotter. And then they did that. And then when they took Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, I don't know what these young men were thinking. Maybe they were thinking the book of Isaiah. What does Isaiah say? When you go through the fire, it will not burn you. Amen. So if they were confessing scriptures like some of us, thank you Father for your promises in the book of Isaiah. You said even when we go through the fire, it will not burn us. Not even the flames will, 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 will uh, kindle on us. Now look, God is faithful to his promises and he will always do it. Verse 27, Daniel 3. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together, so these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was any hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. It's like God was making it even a show here. Instead of delivering him and they, them and they just don't get burnt to dry and maybe we let their eyelashes and their hair singed. Do you know that sometimes if you get into the fire and then we can see that you pass through the fire. Even if you are just next to the fire for the sake of taking the heat, we can smell fire in your clothes. Here it says, not even the smell of fire on their clothes. So God was saying, he, 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 it's like this was even more of a show that I deliver. But I want you to look at the words. It says, when they saw this man, this man what, Mr. MJ? That's what I want. Upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Does fire have power? Yes. If you don't know, try it. Fire has power. And the people who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are witnesses to that. Fire has power. And it killed them. Okay? It's just that even if fire has power, upon the bodies of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fire had no power. So what am I meaning by this? Do viruses have power and disease germs? Yes. They can kill. But upon my body, disease germs and viruses have no power. Amen. Amen. Because the same spirit that God used to raise Jesus from the dead quickens my mortal body. Amen. Yeah, it says upon the bodies of Shadrach, because now some of you, it's good that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, didn't listen to some of you. You would have said, Shadrach, Meshach, and you guys have got to be realistic. You've got to be realistic. Fire burns, and you are going to die. You must be very, very careful. Fire burns, and you are going to die. You've got to be realistic. You can't just confess and say, Isaiah, in Isaiah it is said, fire will not burn. We are talking reality here. You are going to die. No, 
upon whose bodies. And it's even good when it's their enemies who saw that. And you know what Nebuchadnezzar did? After this, Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, I haven't seen a God who delivers like this. Anybody who talks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he doesn't say they must be banned. What does he say now? It seems now he doesn't trust fire. <laughs> they will be cut into pieces. <laughs> so it seems like, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, if I was there, I would have said, Nebuchadnezzar, fire still has power. You can still use it in future. It just didn't work on the body of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because there is something in them. So that's why also for me, there is something in my body. The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And therefore sickness has got no power over my body. Amen. And it also doesn't have power over your bodies because I asked you, does the spirit of the Lord dwell in you? And you said yes. So believe that and take it and make it your own. They say there was this man, I'm going to give you the study, the portion of scripture that we're going to study today, just for 10 minutes and then we wind down. They say there was this man called John G. Lake. Okay? John G. Lake, one of the believers who lived some time back So, you see now why we keep on referring to people like John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth and all that. We're supposed to also talk about some of us this time. So, now we keep on. So, generations to come, shouldn't they be talking about us? Yeah. So, they say, John G. Lake, there was a bubonic plague in Africa. Okay. Plague and and viruses. It was a certain virus. There are viruses that are very lethal. Like... uh, it could be the coronavirus. It's not as lethal. But you've heard of... Uh, what was the other one that was here about a few years ago? Ebola. Ebola. That one is very lethal. Okay? It kills. So if you t- come into contact with that fluid, it, contact, it you also die. It will kill you. But as for the body of... John G. Lake, because he knew how to walk in the power of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, James had no power. So what they did is that they said, so he, people would be holding the sick and that with the gloves and all that. So he was helping with bare hands. Man of God, man of God, man of God, you are playing with fire. You can't touch that. You are going to die. And then he said, no. If viruses, if gems touch my body, it's not me who die. It's gems that must die. <laughs> then, then, then they did an experiment. So they took uh, the fluid of whatever the person that was infected with that plague, pour it in his hand. So there was a micro, mic with a microscope. As they looked, then they saw the the gems like thing, and then dying in the hand. Okay, Because the same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead is manifested in our bodies. Amen. Amen. And we've got to start walking in that level. Then the glory will be restored to the church of God. Amen. Are you excited? So on that note, do you see now that 
you can walk in divine health. Do you see that the sickness that the enemy was keeping on saying, this is your portion. You know, even your grandmother had it. It was diabetes. It started with your grandmother. Even your mother. You know, even your uncle. Now you also have it. And now you are very proud. Yeah, you see, pastor, you see diabetes is our family inheritance. Hi. Now you can miss me out in that one. <laughs> if you guys are going to inherit sicknesses, uh-uh. Not for me. I'm born again. All these blessings follow me as I diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord my God. So I want you to understand God and understand his word. And just go for his word. Even if it doesn't make sense to, to you. It doesn't have to make sense. Okay? You've got to believe it. Just believe it. And then soak yourself in the word. Because it also doesn't just work by just seeing it once and then you speak it and then you say it will work. Uh-uh. You've got to, the word, the written word, the logos, have got ultimately to become a revealed word in your spirit. It has to become a rima. It has to become a living word in you. Okay? So that's why you've got to keep on soaking yourself in that word. Soaking yourself in that word until faith rises up in you and you start seeing things the way God sees them. And you start speaking in line with what God has said. You become fully persuaded that what God has promised is able also to perform. Have you seen how the master heals? Yeah, and don't question it. That's how he says it works. Just like you don't question when they give you the injection. Huh? They told you that's how it works. Ah, but it's painful, it's painful. And if you have a child and they say they want to give the injection and the child is afraid, even you as a parent, you are also holding. Mm, this injection is going to help you. You trust that. Isn't it? And you believe it will go where it's needed. So, there is another medicine. And this one, the good thing with this one is it does not fail. While natural means can help sometimes, but sometimes they fail. So rather learn to know God as your healer. So let's study Matthew chapter 5. Verse 5 to 10. I'll give you 10 minutes. Matthew 5, 5 to 10. <clears throat> if you've got the King James Version, you can do it in the King James Version. Matthew 5, 5 to 10. If you've got the King James Version, you can do it in the King James Version. So, let me give you 10 minutes. Go through it and allow the Spirit of the Lord to to reveal some things to you as you study that portion of scripture. It is the story about the centurion. Okay? The story about the centurion. Read that, Matthew 5, 8, 5 to 10, King James Version, and then in 10 minutes time we'll reconvene. And those viewers online, if you also want to put your comments about what you are learning, either through what we're speaking now, what we're sharing, how this word is stirring you up, or even this portion of scripture that I'm giving you to read, you can also share your comments in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Mr. Mungufala, Elder Malek, uh,
Miss Musimango and Sister Omar. So you can share your learnings with us. Mr. Mungupal. Uh, thank you um, and greetings in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, the, what I learned through this, this passage that we have just read now is a, a perfect example of a, a healing through the word of, of faith because the centurion um, uh, went with his face and uh, requested God to um, manifest or to bring to being mm. uh, what he wished and Amen. he speaked it out. So that's why then um, he got his servant got healed uh, through through his faith. Amen. So I think that is uh, in a nutshell what uh, this Amen. passage brings forth in my spirit. Amen. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you very much for that. Indeed, it's a good example about how you can be healed just by the word, isn't it? Like he said, because then, he says, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. So he says, you just speak it, it will happen. The word as it is, it will work. And indeed, if you go down up to verse 13, then you will hear that indeed, <laughs> the servant was healed. Just with that word. Does it make sense to you? It doesn't make sense. But it works. Let's all say it doesn't make sense but it works. So when you are still hung up on senses, we are hung up on what works. So if it works, that's fine. Even if it doesn't make sense to my senses. And thank you, Mr. Mungupara, for that. Because indeed, it's a typical example about how you can be healed just with the weight. Elder Malek. <coughs> Amen. Yeah, okay, spit. Um, in addition to what has been said already, I was just uh, looking at verse 9. I realized that to submit under authority is also important. Amen. Because he was giving an example about how he also a man with authority, which he also submits. So it means for us, Using that word, when we speak it, we must also be submissive to the owner of the word. Amen. And it will work for Amen. us. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Elder. There you are even reminding me. You remember the sons of Sceva? They also wanted to cast out demons because they just heard, hey, this name of Jesus is working, man. He's doing signs and wonders. And Paul is casting out devils left side. Was it right, left, and center? And then they also now say, we are going to also do it. But they were not submitted to the owner of the word, to the owner of the name. So that's when they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, and those demons knew that, ah, this one is taking chances. So faith is not taking chances. Okay? And hope that it will work. You've got to be submitted to the owner of the word. So that when you speak it, you speak it, and then the owner of the word backs you up. Amen. Okay, Miss Musimango. <coughs> Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. You can also pick up your voice a bit. In Jesus. Okay, let's see how we go. Hello, hello. Okay. 
Um, thank you very, very much, Wafunzi, for such a powerful teaching on healing, and especially the part that um, teaches us to live in divine health. What I'm picking up also today from this story of the centurion is the first verse, um, verse 5, which the centurion explains, explained that the servant is sick and um, that sickness is actually grievously tormenting him. So it's just a confirmation that sickness is not our friend. Sickness is here to, to make us to suffer, to torment us, to oppress us, to make us to live a very unhappy life. And um, I'm also fascinated by how Jesus also is so impressed by faith. I was reminded of a scripture where it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. The only thing that impresses Jesus, that makes his face to glow, that makes him to be moved, it's my faith and Amen. not me feeling sorry for myself. Amen. So for me, um, it's, a, it's a lesson that if I feel sorry for myself or I cry, it doesn't, make, it doesn't move Jesus. He's moved by action of faith. Amen. And I'm fascinated also quickly by the fact that the centurion, Jesus had a plan. He says, I will come and heal him. Mm. So relax. Many of us will say, okay, Jesus, you will come and heal him. Mm. A week later, two weeks later, three months later. But the centurion, by his faith, he moved Jesus to do something immediately. Amen. He changed the course of the situation of the grievously tormented servant by saying, Jesus, you have the power. I do that also. I speak a word and things change or people move around. Amen. So you can speak a word and my servant will be healed immediately. Amen. So that really, really touched me that, you know, sometimes I've become a bit just complacent and just oh. saying, okay, it's okay, I'll wait. But sometimes you need to take a step of action, as an action so that Jesus can be moved by my faith Amen. and then do something. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. It's, it's very much encouraging. So even the part about being grievously tormented, like we told you, sickness, it's evil. Okay? If you've ever been sick, you know it's not a good thing. So thank you for picking that. But I also like this part that you are picking here about uh, the, the centurion and then how the centurion changed. So according to Jesus, he was going to go and heal the servant. It would still have also worked. But the centurion says, no, you don't even need to come under my roof. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Okay? I know many places. You remember even how Bartimaeus was healed. It says Jesus was getting out of Jericho. They were walking and he was going. Jesus didn't decide to heal Bartimaeus. But Bartimaeus called and then Jesus stopped. And then Bartimaeus talked and got his miracle. So some of you are keeping on saying we are waiting upon God as if God is late. Okay? It is God waiting on you. The, your healing package is already fulfilled on the cross. Jesus already died and he already paid the penalty for my sin and for my sickness. Do you wait upon God for him to forgive you? You ask and then you believe you are forgiven, isn't it? You don't say, hey, I'm still waiting upon God to forgive me, pastor. Whatever time it takes, you don't do that. You know that when you ask for forgiveness, he forgives you. 
because he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. So in the same way, be a master of your destiny. That's what in short, Ms. Simango was saying there, that she changed how things should, he changed how things should work and Jesus didn't have a problem with that. He actually commended him for his faith. Sister Omar. Amen. Greeting all in the name of Jesus. Uh, what I learned today is uh, when the pastor in the beginning was teaching, uh, when he was explaining the different doctors that uh, there are several uh, uh, types of doctors that you will go to them for different situations. But our God is able to heal all the diseases. So meaning if, if, he, if it wasn't so, we would need different gods, say like we need God who will heal this and God will do this, but our God became all Amen. in all who Amen. heals everything. Amen. So we are really blessed. And the other thing that I've learned is that uh, the third John 3, 2, when uh, it talks about divine healing. So today the pastor showed me that verse in a different light, that that verse is about divine health. So now I know that uh, uh, God is, doesn't only want us to heal us when we are sick, but he wants us to continue to walk in, 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 in divine health. Amen. And then with, with this story of the Roman centurion, I was just reminded by, uh, that, by that scripture that we said, we believe, therefore we speak. So, because he believed, he spoke, and then in 13, verse 13, Jesus said to them, because you have believed, then it is so. It's it, 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 it as you have believed. So, that really encouraged me that as we believe, we speak it, Amen. God performs it. Amen. And then he, he heals us. Amen. So, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I'm getting excited just like you are getting excited. I think I asked for hands and I only got those hands. So unfortunately, if I open again for hands, we might be late for our time. So I think I asked for hands and people were supposed to give hands when I asked for hands. Can we do it that way? So next time again, if somebody, if you want to share, at least when I ask for hands, let's give hands. So the one part that uh, Sister Omar said, she mentioned three things. I just want to pick on one. And you can see how, as we share all of us together, I'm also learning. <laughs> she made my heart to jump for joy when she said, it means we, if our God was limited to some kind of sicknesses, then we would need more gods. <laughs> so, so in other words, you say, yeah, no, this is, this is our God for doing this. Hey, but when it comes to this one, we need the other God. Isn't it? So um, to me, it makes perfect logic. That, of course, if he can't heal all, and then he only specializes in this, isn't that how also doctors would do? They would, they would say, even though I'm a specialist, this condition I can't handle, you need to go to another doctor. Okay? So it means if God also could not heal all the diseases, then he was supposed to refer you to another God. So he has then to heal all of them. If he doesn't want me to have other gods, he better heal me of all the diseases. That's fair. 
Because it's not fair to say I mustn't go for other gods when you can't do everything. <laughs> Amen. So to me, it makes perfect logic. And I'm going to depend on him for everything. Amen. I'm excited. And I know many of you still have something to share. I also have seen hands trying to maybe say you can add. But for the sake of time, I'm just managing time because I promised you that if we start on time, I want us to try and finish on time. So you can pick your things. We'll continue with this healing thing even next week. And I want all of you to walk in good health, man. Be healed and be freed. Those of you who are sick, be freed from your suffering. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And when you are free and now you start seeing how God works by just using the word, now you start also helping others. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So we can leave our online, oh, let's get comment from, if there are comments from our online viewers, and then, is it the same with what has been said? Okay, online viewers, we've seen your comments, but they are similar to what we have said, so we don't want to repeat things. Thank you very much for participating and being part with what we are doing, but we are going to leave our online viewers then, and then we are going to conclude our service. So, online viewers, you know it's like, <laughs> I used not to like this, but let me just finish before the online viewers are cut off. Sometimes you would be watching sports, you didn't pay for DSTV. And then, and then they would say, for our open, on our open channels, we are closing, but those of you who are on DSTV thing, you can continue on the other channel. So obviously for the online viewers, we are closing. <laughs> and those of you who are here, we will conclude. So let's leave them on that note. In Jesus' name, amen.